Welcome to Shape by Faith, where we shape our bodies and hearts for God's purposes. I am excited about my guest today, Dan Miller. Dan is the author of the New York Times bestselling 48 Days to the Work and Life You Love, No More Dreaded Mondays, and Wisdom Meets Passion. He has been a guest on CBS, The Early Show, MSNBC's Hardball with Chris Matthews, Moody Midday Connection, and The Dave Ramsey Show. Dan has spoken at the White House Christian Fellowship and is in high demand at national conferences, speaking on aging and changes in the workplace, as well as at universities and churches. Welcome to Shape by Faith, Dan. Oh, thank you so much, Teresa. I've been looking forward to our conversation. It's been a while. Um, I remember visiting you when you lived in Franklin, Tennessee, and at that live event, and um, it was it was pretty amazing. Well, we had a lot of fun in the barn that we converted that we called the sanctuary, and we had a lot of people who came through there and looking for ways to be inspired and more clearly follow what God was calling them to do. Mm-hmm, absolutely, it was it was definitely fun, exciting, and interesting. Well, I, w- I want to talk about. Um, what you were doing before you started writing your first book, or even before you put your binder together, what were you doing? I'm an entrepreneur, always have been. I've never had a real job, so I've always just found ideas and pursued them. But I I had a real separation between pursuing those ideas and making money and what I was doing on the spiritual side of my life. But as part of blending those, you know, I was teaching a Sunday school class, but for income, I was just a sales guy. I had sales ideas that I was promoting, and I can always land on my feet in doing that. So I had no intention of making any further blend of those two, but then some things kind of started to happen. But I was, I was just a sales guy, Teresa. Okay. Well, I can see that. Um, you have a lot of charisma. You're good with people. Um, you're extroverted and people are drawn to you. And God gave you that. He gave you those gifts and talents. He knew exactly what his plan was for you and you followed him. So let's talk about your three ring binder full of notes. So your first book sort of started with that. So um, what was in that three ring binder and how did it come to be? Well, the way it came to be was I I'd never envisioned myself as a writer. This is when I was in my mid-40s. So, you know, I was established as an entrepreneur and doing, doing fine. But then we started teaching a Sunday school class, my wife and I did, Career Life Transitions. And I expected to have the 18-year-old who was wondering what to major in in college or the 22-year-old who just lost his job, you know, Burger King and wanted another job. I had a few of those, but largely the people that showed up were attorneys and dentists and physicians and pastors and educators. And I'm, what are you guys doing here? And the the feeling was, well, we're doing okay, but I don't think this is really it. I think there's something more. And it opened me up to that opportunity to work with people to really, they're at more at midlife, get a fresh look at what has God really called and positioned me to do. So, And what happened then, that little Sunday school class grew and grew and grew. And people would then ask me, oh, I have a son-in-law who's been without work for three months. I want him to hear what you just told us. What do you have I can give him? And I didn't have anything. 
But because of the repeated request, I finally put together the, just the loose compilation of my Sunday school notes in that three ring binder and said, well, if you really want it, you know, I'll share with you what I've got. Put together a little audio cassette to go with that. That was what then became later on the first version of 48 Days to the Work You Love. So it was just sharing my Sunday school notes with people who wanted to be able to review it and share it with other people. Wow. Okay. So you turn that material obviously into a book. So what inspired you to do that? I was selling that in addition to providing it for people in the class, I was experimenting being a salesperson with mm-hmm. putting it online as well. So I put it online and realized, wow, people would start to buy it from different places. Um, my buddy Dave Ramsey was just starting his radio show. He was promoting it well, talking to people who were trying to get out of debt. And he said, you know, you really need to make more money. You need to talk to my buddy Dan Miller and get his material on 48 Days to the Work You Love. So they did. So sales started to accelerate. And then Dave and I took our wives and went to a conference in Los Angeles with Mark Victor Hansen, who is author of Chicken Soup for the Soul. And this mm-hmm. kind, gracious gentleman just told us what he was doing to sell a whole lot of books. And we came back. And in the next 30 months, I sold $2 million worth of my little three ring binder with my Sunday school notes in it. Oh, like, my, oh my goodness. goodness. That is God's <laughs> favor for sure. It is. And at that point, I mean, I did everything backward, Teresa. I I had never approached a publisher or a library or anybody about helping me get this out as a book. But then because of the success that I was having, publishers started knocking on my door. And so then I signed an agreement with B&H Publishing, the big Baptist publishing house in Nashville, to do a traditional book. So then it came out as a regular book, rather than my little three-ring binder. Mm -hmm. Then I I've updated it every five years. So I now have the 20th anniversary edition out that where I've updated it every five years since then. Wow. Congratulations on that. Uh, and oh, we're going to, yeah, we're going to talk about repurposing material, you know, that you've written and, and maybe give some suggestion um, to authors, but let's talk about your book for a minute here. What can a reader expect from your book? Let's talk about your first book, 48 Days to the Work You Love. Sure. There are a lot of books out there and were then available on you know how to get a job, how to do a resume, how to interview, and all of that. But a lot of them were just those tactical measures, those systems. What I really put in the heart of 48 Days to the Work You Love is how to look inward first. What has God already told you about you? Because the more you understand that, the more you're likely to have a fit in the work that you do, where it's fulfilling, purposeful, meaningful, and profitable. So a lot of the book, really 85% of the process is to look inward first. Only 15% then is, okay, now I need to do a resume or do a job search or start my own business. So it's the application. So that's really the content of the book. And that core message has remained the same over the years of doing updates. There are changes in the workplace. I mean, who would have thought that we would have digital nomads and electronic immigrants and all these new terms we have for work that we have, work models we have today that we didn't have 20 years ago. So that part's changed, but that core message, look inward first, figure out how God has uniquely gifted you. And from that create a clear focus, then you know what kind of work to look for. And with that confidence, you have a boldness and enthusiasm that's contagious and people want you on their team. 
That's really good. And you know, Dan, it, it sounds like it has a lot to do with our mindset you know, how we perceive things, how we see things, what's inside of us and, and what can we give um, that God has placed inside of us? What about someone that is in a job and they just don't like it at all? Is, is it realistic to think that they could maybe change that mindset and learn to love what they're doing? Well, yes, that's possible. But if somebody really does understand themselves well, and they're in a position that doesn't give them joy, then it's probably an indication they need to look for something else. Mm-hmm. And the beautiful thing about it is in today's environment, you know, it's never been easier to find new positions where there really is a match. So it's not like you need to just force yourself to do or, or consider this is my cross to bear. I mean, I'm sure that sometimes God uses those jobs that aren't pleasing to us to refine us and develop us. That's true. But I don't think that we need to stay there. I can't imagine. I mean, I, I speak to people who say they've been at a job for 20 years and they hated, you know, 19 years and 11 months. And I'm like, oh my goodness, why have you stayed there? You know, I don't think that's wise. I don't, we can't be our best if we don't enjoy what we're doing. We can't be salt and light in a way that we should be if we don't enjoy what we're doing five days a week. There's got to be congruence there. So I'm going to encourage people to find something that does fit rather than just toughen it out in something you don't enjoy. That's good. That's great advice, Dan. Well, we're going to take a break right here. So when we come back, we're going to hear more from Dan Miller. Everyone stay tuned. Welcome back to Shape by Faith, where we shape our bodies and hearts for God's purposes. Dan Miller is on the phone, and he is the author of the New York Times bestselling 48 Days to the Work and Life You Love, No More Dreaded Mondays and Wisdom Meets Passion. Dan has a lot, a lot to say, and he is an expert on loving your work and finding that passion in in doing what God has designed you to do. And Dan, we were just talking about if someone's in a job that they don't really like, you know, what are some suggestions? And you gave us those. What if someone's in their mid-60s? They are not ready to retire, but, you know, uh, they either lost their job or they're at a job that they just don't like at all. How would you speak to them? What advice would you give them? Sure. There's a basic process where I encourage people to look inward, that 85% piece of knowing you can then walk forward with confidence, boldness, and enthusiasm. And that's to look inward at what God has already told you. What are your unique skills and abilities? What are your personality tendencies? What are your values, dreams, and passions? Those give you a clear focus from which you can then determine, okay, this kind of work would really allow me to blend those. So that's the first part. And that process is the same whether you're 18 years old or 68 years old. And in today's environment, companies don't care how old you are. We realize people are living longer. And there's a lot of companies who recognize that people who have a little more maturity are likely to be more responsible. They show up on time. They do what they say they're going to do. They have integrity and character. There's a lot of advantages seen in somebody who has a little more chronological maturity. So that's not a deterrent. A deterrent is if you don't know what unique value you have to offer. That closes the door. Again, age is not the critical factor here. So if somebody in mid-60s knows they want to work for another period of time, awesome. 
Just do that process, looking inward first, get a clear focus, hold your head high, go out right now. I mean, I heard a statistic just this week about how many jobs are available. It was in the millions of jobs that are available. And everywhere you turn, people are hiring. And it's not just for entry-level service positions. There are people who are looking for upper-level executive positions. Every company is looking for good people to bring on board. So the key is if you can clearly convey what your value is, there are companies waiting to talk to you. That's good. That's great advice. Dan, you're always pouring out and pouring into others. Um, Have you had mentors along the way and who has influenced and inspired you the most and why? Well, I have had so many people. I mean, I, I grew up as a poor farm kid. My dad pastored a little tiny church of about 40 people and eked out a living as a farmer So I wasn't raised in a highly influential environment, but I just reached out. I I was a voracious reader as a kid. We didn't have radio or TV in our home. And so I read and reading opened the doors of opportunity for me. It opened my horizons, allowed me to dream bigger. And part of that was to find people who were already performing at a level which I wanted to perform. So some those in the early days were virtual mentors, people like Mark Victor Hansen and Zig Ziglar and Brian Tracy and people like that. But then in later years, because I was pretty intentional, you know, I got to meet those people and a lot more. And I've always been more than willing to reach out to people who are high performers and just say, hey, can I buy you lunch? I'd like to pick your brain. And people who are in those positions are, tend to be extremely generous and eager to pour into somebody young. So I just took advantage of that along the way. So I've had wonderful mentors, uh, some again, virtual uh, because of the reading of theirs that I've been able to access, which is a wonderful way to get mentored. And then, but a lot of them have been personal as well. You're right. You know, that reading is the key. It really is. And, you know, I look back, um, on my life. And of course, you know, you can't go back there and redo things, but I wish that I would have loved reading back then as a child because it does broaden your horizons and it motivates and inspires you to greater heights. So, anyone out there who's listening, you need to start reading if you're not reading right now. All right. You have over 130,000 people who subscribe to your weekly free newsletter. So what content do you share in your newsletter and how can someone get a copy of it? Sure. Thank you. In 2000, August of 2000, I decided I was going to start a digital newsletter. So that was in 2000, 21 years ago. And I sent it out to the 67 people whose email addresses I had. So a very tiny list. I said, if you like it, share it with others. If you don't, let me know. I'll take you off the list. But I just decided to do that. I was doing at that point a physical newsletter where everything in it was about six weeks old because of the time delay to get a physical newsletter out. And here we had this thing where we could do it instantly online. Well, that's what I did. 67 people. And I said, if you share it, that would be wonderful. They did. And that has grown now. You had over 130,000 people. But I have in there, as I did back then, and incidentally, in doing that, I said I'd put it out weekly. I've never missed a week. There are a few things, Teresa, as you know, that build trust like consistency. If you mm-hmm. say you're going to do something, do it. So I've never missed a week in those 21 years. But it's full of career tips, uh, humor, workplace humor, success stories, what people are doing often includes a question and answer, a question from a reader, and then an answer from me. 
So they're short, succinct like that, and people continue to seem to enjoy getting it. Mm. And people can go to just 48days.com. That's our branded site, 48days.com. And you'll see quickly there a way that you can just ask for those weekly tips. Okay. Now, you hosted a very successful radio show for six years, and then you changed to podcast, which has also had great success. Um, And why did you make that change from radio to podcast? Well, I know we're talking on radio here, too, (laughs) but I I was on WTN in Nashville, 100,000 watt station, and had a, a great reach into multiple states around us. But then I had a young kid who said, Dan, there's this new thing called podcast. He said, let me take a couple segments of your radio show. So we just repurposed the radio show. But we'd take, as you know, there are those commercial breaks, just like we had here a minute ago. And he took a segment and he would put it up in a podcast. And I started hearing from people, not only in Tennessee, Kentucky, and Alabama, but in Norway and Sweden and Bangladesh, places I had never heard of. I thought, you got to be kidding me. This is phenomenal. So I told the radio station, I'll finish my contract and then I'm gone. And they said, oh my goodness, you're making a mistake. You know, you're a strong anchor show for us here in Nashville. This podcasting thing is going to be a, just a little trend that teenagers get involved in. Well, my audience just grew exponentially at that point and has continued to stay strong. So I, and I, I love the flexibility of just doing it when I want to. And um, But it's been the most powerful outreach tool I've ever experienced in terms of creating loyalty, responsiveness from the listeners. You know, God, God definitely expanded your audience. I mean, I really believe, Dan, that he anoints us with different things. And I believe he has really anointed you to inspire others and to motivate them. And you've been very faithful to him and you show up every day and um, he's expanded it and Wow. I mean, look what God can do um, with what you have already done. And, and I'm sure there's a lot more for you. Who is your audience? Is it just a certain group of people, a certain age, or who are they? That's a great question. You know, if I were to define uh, the person that I like to work with, it's somebody who would be 42 years old, you know, college educated, perhaps a professional degree, you know, making extraordinary income, but just that nagging question. I don't think this is really it. So it's not somebody who's really in trouble or, you know, has been unemployed. For No, that's not my target audience. But what I've discovered is in giving a message to that 42-year-old that I just described about how to look inward and really figure out how God has uniquely gifted you and use that as a basis for a focus for the work that you're going to find or create. It also has attracted the 18-year-old's and the 80-year-olds. So it's more a matter of mindset, somebody who's eager for growth, somebody who's not content with mediocrity, somebody who's convinced that God's best is really going to be fulfilling and purposeful for them. So we have a broad age range and a broad demographic spread in our podcast listeners. We do a lot of surveys, so we know who they are. It's split almost exactly 50-50 male and female. And we actually have an age spike in the 25 to 35 age range, which amazes me as I age that we have that kind of a spike in that age range. Wow, that is incredible. Um, You've got a lot of great advice though, Dan, to give people. And wow, um, I can only imagine... um, 
how much brighter that 18-year-old will be when they listen to you and take your advice. So we need to take another quick break right here. So when we come back, we're going to hear more from Dan Miller. Everyone stay tuned. Welcome back to Shape by Faith, where we shape our bodies and hearts for God's purposes. My guest is Dan Miller, the author of New York Times bestselling 48 Days to the Work and Life You Love, No More Dreaded Mondays, and Wisdom Meets Passion. And we want to hear about his new book that's going to be released soon. Before we get to that, Dan, I would love for you to share with our listeners an inspirational success story um, that you have, and I'm sure you have lots of them. Oh, I do. I've been so blessed to be part of people's transformations. I mean, it, I just, it's, it's so rewarding. I never get tired of hearing the stories. But uh, several years ago, I had a young man come to me and he was pastoring a church. It may seem kind of ironic, but he was frustrated. His church actually sent him to see me and we started unpacking. You know, why is he so frustrated? And as he kind of shared what he was doing, what he was all about. We weren't very far into it. And I said, man, who sold you this bill of goods to be a pastor? And he was really taken back. He thought, well, you know, what could be more godly than doing that? I said, well, being godly is doing what God has prepared and positioned us to do, not trying to be something that we're not. I said, you're an imposter. You're trying to be something you're not. I said, what do you do when you really feel fulfilled, when you're really most joyful? He very quickly said, I go into a room in our little rented house. I lock the door. I put on Beethoven or Mozart and I draw. I said, really? He said, yeah, but you know, you, you know what we know about artists, you know, starving artists. I can't support a family with five children. I had him quit everything he was doing, including pastoring the church. And for four years, he did faux finishes where he created these dramatic effects on people's walls using brushes, sponges, and rags. But in that period of time, positioned himself as an artist. The art he does is bold, abstract, bright colors, nothing but music themes. Today, that's what he does. His income is well over 10 times what he ever experienced as a pastor. And we didn't do it for the money explicitly. We did it so he'd be in that sweet spot that combines passion, talent, and money, where God has positioned us to thrive in doing just that. And he also says, now this young man, his name is Ron, he says, you know, as a pastor, people knew what to expect from me, what I was going to say. He said, now I have the opportunity to be in homes, you know, these fine homes that people have. I'm the artist. Yeah, I have way more opportunity to really minister to people today than I did before. See, that's the power. That's not to denigrate the position of a pastor at all, but it's to honor the idea of being positioned in what God has gifted us to do. I have lots and lots mm-hmm. of those stories. I have a, a beautiful painting right above me as I'm speaking to you here, Teresa, on the wall office of my wall of my office. That was one that he did. And it's valued at about fifteen thousand dollars. It was a gift that he gave me just in gratitude after having getting the clarity to move forward in his life. Wow. You know, and 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 like that. Um young man told you that, um, you know, he's got that opportunity now to minister to people as an artist. And how beautiful is that? And I wasn't expecting that story, Dan. That was amazing. (laughs) Thanks for sharing that. Now, you've got a new book um, being released soon. Um, Do you want to talk about it and let us know the name and when it's being released and how we can purchase a copy? Well, I'd be delighted to. Yes, it's going to be titled An Understanding Heart. And it comes really from 
the story of Solomon. And we know as kids, we learned that Solomon was the wisest man who ever lived. Well, I was doing a research project with one of my children several years ago when he was a teenager, and he had chosen Solomon as his focus of study. And in studying Solomon, I was amazed that Solomon didn't ask for wisdom, that magical time when God said, you've done a lot of things that I approve of, ask me what you want from me. He didn't ask for wisdom. He said, Lord, I've got all these people to take care of. Please give me an understanding heart. And it really rocked me to think, if that's the source of wisdom, that's what I want. I want an understanding heart. So that's the title of this book. There's one segment in it that addresses my revelation from Solomon like that. But these came from every Sunday morning, I get up early and I write a short piece that has gone out just to my mastermind. I've been doing that for over four years. So I have over 200 of those. And those, I I think, are probably the most insightful, deep, transformative writing I've ever done. My wife certainly attests to that, as do the members of my mastermind. So I've taken a compilation of 95 of those and put it together, and it's going to be released in assimilated leather cover, gold-edged pages of the bookmark, more something that you're proud to hold in your hand than just another paperback. So I'm really excited about that. That'll be out in August. And if people are getting my weekly newsletter that you can you can get with the career tips, there'll certainly be announcements in there about it when it's released. Okay. Can we pre-purchase it now? No, no, I'm not really quite at that point yet. I just got it back from the editors. So I will be sending out a notice probably in about 30 days with a pre-purchase to get the digital version of that. Okay. So Dan, where can people find you? I know you said 48 days. Is that where you want to um, send them? It, it is 48 days. There's another exciting thing we have going on, and that's a community of people who are thinking about the very things we've been talking about here, who have the mindset to know that God has gifted them for more than what they're doing. They have ideas, they're developing. So we have authors, speakers, people with bricks and mortar businesses, people who are in multi-level marketing businesses, a lot of different things. And that is 48dayseagles.com. That'll okay. lead people right to that community. It's a very vibrant community of generous people who share ideas and resources liberally. Okay, 48days.com and 48dayseagles.com. And your new book is coming out in August, An Understanding Heart. Dan, it has been a pleasure uh, to listen to you, to speak with you today. And, um, you know, you just have that gift of motivating others to get out there and do what God has called them to do. I want to thank you so much for coming on Shape by Faith. Well, thank you for the opportunity. It's always a delight catching up with you, Teresa. I'm delighted about what you're doing. Now, God has opened new doors of opportunity, but yeah, we live in a, a world of abundance, and we can just enjoy that as God's children. Absolutely. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I'm Teresa Rowe. Have a blessed day.